Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Alyssa, the Lakers are in the finals. And Trump has COVID. Happy Friday. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys want to just see me, I mean, literally, this is the closest I've come to behaving like a housewife. Probably like my fucking ego is like uncontainable. Like it's just exploding. (laughs) I'm a monster and I don't even care about it. First of all. I love being right about shit, and we recorded our interview yesterday, and part of the interview was like three things that really, really bother you that you hate. You guys will hear it. And I said, I'm fucking done with people not wearing masks. And then what happened? A couple hours later, we found out that Mr. Going into arenas with crowds not wearing masks, practically making out with a thousand aerosols, has COVID. (laughs) It's just nice to be like... You know, to have like some comeuppance sometimes. You can't just act however you want and then not get sick. That's great. I think that's a lesson for the country. I think it's so poetic. And it's also, it was very good for my spirits, which were absolutely crushed by the debate. And I was, I was texting you that I was just like feeling super, super down and bummed out about the whole thing. And then just all of the crazy news about this last night was like so insane and i know it's fucked up to say that it was positive but it was at least more entertaining and like good for my soul in a weird way and i cracked up for like 15 minutes this morning at this meme i saw that was like trump making fun of masks on the debate night and then it's a meme of Michael Jordan from The Last Dance as coronavirus being like, and that's all I needed. That was all it took. And it's so good. I'll share it on our Instagram. It's so funny. I saw one um, with Kobe too. And there's like this famous interview that Kobe did during some finals where they were like, why aren't you happy? You got like a... You got like a second win and he's like, job's not done yet. And people like people were like, people, everyone's reaction to COVID-19, job's not done yet. And I was like, oh, no, uh, funny, but oh, no. Anyway, it says a lot about me that I like went for the president getting COVID over like the finals <laughs> as a discussion. I just feel like things are so unfair and we are all getting worn out by seeing people doing whatever they want while some people are taking it so seriously. And it's nice to see that you can't just do whatever you want and be fine because we've been saying that this entire time. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like I'm choosing to give up all of my friends. Like, I would love to go in an arena and, like, scream, you know? I would love (laughs) to be at the Lakers championship in the Staples Center, but we can't do that for a reason. So, you know. (laughs) That's that's what I have to say. (laughs) On a different but similar note, your outfits for all of the games have been really on point, Alyssa. Your Laker gear is just like, wow, what a chef's kiss. I fully went from being like, okay, I can't be head to toe in Lakers gear. It has to be bad luck. Like, I don't want to jinx them. And then they made it to the finals and I was like, we're fucking winning the championship. (laughs) 
and I've been head to toe in Lakers gear ever since. And every opportunity I have to go in public, I've been head to toe in Lakers gear. Um, it's very exciting. Look, I feel bad. Like Miami obviously had injuries this last game. Nobody wants to beat a team with injuries. That doesn't like give anyone pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I totally feel bad for them. Also, this entire time we've been watching, I've been saying the floor is way too slippery. And I don't know why n- no one has done like some sort of long form article about this, like the science of a basketball floor. I would love to read about that. Too slippery. Yeah. So I've played on slippery floors before and it's usually because they're not cared for and they're dusty. And like, you know, I'm playing in some like city run cheap ass gym that no one cares about for women's basketball. But having someone having like the literal NBA championship have such a slippery floor that three people on Miami like just break their own ankles without anyone shoving them or anything like that is is kind of unheard of. So I don't know. I'm still like hoping someone does that article, but maybe it makes the NBA look bad or something. So we'll never. I'm like a slippery floor truther at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It just is very interesting to me. And I think it's fair of you, especially since most of the people who have been hurt by it are from Miami. So I think that it is you're being a very good you have a good sportsmanship attitude about it. I like it. Oh, thank you. And I'm also like, you know, nobody's like uh, immortal. I'm also aware that like one slip could take out AD or LeBron and I don't want that. So, you know, we want everyone to have the best chance to be healthy, except for Gordon Hayward, because he sucks and he's a piece of shit. So, yeah, (laughs) we hate Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that's so true. Um, Okay, speaking of position was going to be I was going to say violent things, but people slipping isn't violent, is it? It's not. Anyway, let's talk about this big ass. Gordon Hayward and the president, I think, is is violent, but I'm willing to take the heat for it. So go ahead. We have to get into this fucking fight on Real Housewives of Potomac. That was so insane. So, like, for anybody who hasn't seen it, just, like, very quickly Google or Instagram the Candace and Monique fight because it's it looks so painful and Mm -hmm. fucking terrifying. And Mm -hmm. it is actually very hard to see who started it because the – topic of conversation is like still a mystery it was just kind of generalized trash talking and nitpicking at one another and then all of a sudden the claws come out and there's like glass breaking in people's faces hair being pulled throats being choked insane insane the full-grown men from the fucking crew coming to yank them apart and it's not working Alyssa (laughs) like I watched it three times and then I went online and I watched it in slow motion like 16 to 17 times Mm -hmm. what a shit show wow I I'm actually realizing now that I'm going to be pro-violence this whole podcast and I apologize in advance to everybody (laughs) (laughs) let's go I just want to feel alive yeah exactly (laughs) let's go Alyssa Uh, maybe if we had some like human interaction, I wouldn't be this way, but I just feel like anything that is like, oh my God, I'm just like pro that. Um, so, (laughs) so you, uh, I, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, I weirdly, like, I think Monique is wrong, but I weirdly just also think Candace is so annoying. So I'm not like on Candace's side. You know what I mean? That's a hundred percent it. And that's like what 
some of the other women from the cast have gone on record saying like everyone's official statement like Giselle was like listen Candace is for sure annoying but like I just can't condone like trying to choke her at a winery but I'm also like not not on Monique's side because now we have like such another iconic scene you know I I don't know it's fucked up but that's like what the show I know this is like peak content also if we're being honest it really is. And I think the part that really like took my breath away is that the fight happened. We had seen previews of the fight. It was it was crazy and like longer and more violent than I had even thought it would be. And then once they separate Monique, they hide her in a stairwell yes. Yes. and they lock her in and she's like, let me out. Let me get to her. And the producer is like, please don't do this, Monique. Please, please don't do this. Just please calm down. And it's like clearly so fucking terrified. She somehow escapes like a little escape artist and goes running for Candace, who is being like quickly ushered into a big black SUV. And she's like, and Candace is like, why do I have to leave? Why do I have to leave? And the producers are like, to save your life. And it keeps going. And what's I think my biggest problem with it, I do. I thought it was I mean, obviously, I mean, it's I hate to say it, but it was great TV is that Monique doesn't really have a good argument for why she did it. She was like, well, she was running her mouth. And I was like, what did she? There's so many other fights we've seen in the history of Real Housewives that are like, she came for my children. She came for my husband. She insulted this, this, or this. And I and like Monique can't even really articulate anything even that vague as like right. a reason to have fought. So that's my biggest beef with it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's very, it reminded me, just the whole situation reminded me of the Teresa Judice posh fashion show where she chases Danielle Staub and then Danielle gets in the car and she's like screaming and crying and Teresa's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Just come out and talk to me. And mm. the the like trapping Monique in the stairwell was like very reminiscent of that. And that mm-hmm. is like one of the most formative episodes of housewives i ever saw and i was like i can't believe i'm watching women act like this and i love it and i think it's amazing (laughs) um it's weird because i think if okay basically i think if candace had touched monique's hair then we would be like yeah she instigated it you know what i mean but because Mm. monique was flipping candace's hair first yeah it's, it's just sort of like piling on Um, But I also think, I mean, I've been in one situation where I played a basketball game and there was this like girl who was shoving me unnecessarily during the game. And I said, Mm. hey, like, you don't you don't have to do that to her on the other team. And she was like, what are you going to do about it? And then I started talking shit to her like she airballed a three while I was guarding her and I was like, nice shot and whatever. And it just escalated from there. And then she was like, shut the fuck up and whatever. And at the end of the game, she, like, you go through and you say, like, good game, good game, and you high-five everybody. She didn't high-five me and said, like, nice bench riding, which was insane. And then I, like, turned – I, like, hunted her down, and I was like, you better knock this shit off or you're going to get fucking called out by the refs or whatever. And she was like, hit me, hit me, hit me. (gasps) And so I'm kind of – and that's kind of what Candace did. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like if you're asking someone to hit you and then you get hit – technically legally it's their fault but like you're asking for it i don't know i've been in a situation like that before where i'm like i don't have enough money to hit this person but i would if i did you know yeah and candace was asking the woman who has also said i will drag you pregnant and all yeah to drag her so you knew what you were doing in that sense i i will say that the only like actual girl physical fight i almost got into i won't name names but was a friend's 
like ex-girlfriend was drunk and very mad at me and my other girlfriend for just like being women who were in the vicinity of her ex-boyfriend, which is, you know, obviously a problem. But she like came for me and my girlfriend and was calling us trash. She was like, trash, trash, trash. Both of you are trash. And if you had pitched this to me hypothetically and been like this, I would be like, I would be so above that. Like, I feel sorry for her that she's like not over everything with her ex and she's just feeling like randomly jealous and antagonistic. But in real life, it unleashed this insane monster in me, Alyssa. I was like, who the fuck are you calling trash, bitch? I like lost it in a way that's like so out of my character. And luckily there was no like while she was kind of gesturing towards us, her ex-boyfriend was like pulling her away and my girlfriend ended up pulling me away. So we were like separated from one another. And it was the like most (laughs) close I ever got to like a real fight. And I will say that this was in the bar right outside of the bar adults only in (laughs) Hollywood and I called Tony and I was like oh my god I almost just got in a fight I almost just got in a fight at the parking lot of adults only and he was like I'm gonna correct you really quick um you got in a fight in the parking lot of Burger King (laughs) (laughs) that's so much better I love that it is truly they share a parking lot and he's like whenever you tell the story I really need you to just like say that the location was Burger King that's really really funny I think that that gives me empathy for uh, now a, a different understanding of how a situation like that can just escalate so fucking fast because you do have a like fucking defensive passion in you that's like don't fucking touch me even if someone is just for sure and also hair. as you're saying this I'm realizing they were drinking and we don't know how much they were drinking before that happened because we don't really have a good sense of the time frame and like mm-hmm. I was stone cold sober when that girl was like hit me and I thought about it <laughs> Yeah. And, and like if I had been wasted at a bar and someone was like hit me after like being an asshole over and over and yeah. over again, you know, you might not think about the consequences of that. So, yeah, it's very true. It's I also bizarre. One thing that they said online is that like Chris, um, Monique's husband has said that he's like still cool. Oh, wait, are they both named Chris? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just realized that. Wow. OK. Confusing. Um, as in both husbands of the two women in the fight are both named Chris. Wow. Yes. Okay, so Monique's husband said <laughs> that he's still cool with Candace's husband. Mm. Um, and it's like, why? You you are supposedly upset that Candace is spreading rumors that your wife was fucking a trainer. I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't you just back your family? Something is amiss. It's not making a lot of sense. Yeah, there's a disconnect there for sure. And yeah, if I'm going to fucking fight anybody at a winery, Tony better loathe them and anybody they're fucking married to. That winery also was so cute. Like, RIP for that winery. Like, I really, it was like a barn. Everybody had like cute ponchos and hats and we're like having these cute wine tastings. I was like here for that location that got destroyed. Also, Ashley coming back from the bathroom and having a title card that says Ashley returns from the bathroom. It was so (laughs) great. And she was like, oh my God, what's happening? Oh my God, I got off the hook. Like, amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, she even says it. And I said this at the fucking beginning of the season. I was like, Ashley is willing to just air out her dirty 
laundry as fast as possible so that she can like put the spotlight on every everyone else and she said it explicitly in this episode she was like cool i guess me and michael are like not a topic of conversation thank you monique like yeah. i'm okay with this this episode was just jam-packed with so much good stuff like we got the uh giselle's camera or giselle's dad being like i'm done take my mic off me and then talking shit about jamal off camera mm. which was like very mm-hmm. juicy and i think will probably continue to be a problem on the show Mm-hmm. Um, we got oh my god poor Karen her husband saying I'm not in love with you and then crying upstairs in her bedroom that's like so yeah, sad I really that felt was for her. really rough that was that I think that is I know that's like one of the things that we like to see is when people are honest about different problems that they're having in their like marriages and to have like counseling sessions like that on camera are I think very vulnerable and uh, it's important for them to share as like part of the show but that was it felt very heartbreaking because who would uh who would say that and who would say that on camera I, I hate it I also I'm like this is very mean of me to say but so much of their problems she's saying and then he confirmed was now she has this business and she's like always gone running the business and as they say on Shark Tank that's uh, not a business it's a product mm-hmm. she has a uh, perfume so like how is she how is she like ruining her marriage by being a workaholic about one stinky bottle of like old lady perfume i'm like i don't get it i mean i think really like the subtext which i first of all i agree with you i think the subtext is like she's filming the show now which comes with a lot of responsibilities and then you know i think what he said about like oh, she used to take care of our family, but I realized she was taking care of our kids, not me, which is, Mm. you know, I mean, if that's your perspective, like, I guess it's good to be honest about it. I think probably a lot of men feel that way, but it's also just like, you know, then just say that, just like have a Mm. conversation about like, hey, I feel like we used to do nice things for each other. And like, it would be so great if, you know, I love your cooking. I love when you make me dinner. And then she had that chef come over and it's like, great. Well, that should count for something. And then you make an effort like you return Mm -hmm. the favor. If you like if you feel cared for when your wife cooks you dinner, then you do something that makes her feel cared for. Like you have to meet her halfway and make this work. Otherwise, it's just not a partnership anymore. And like you can you should like fuck off because she's great. I love Karen. She's awesome preach 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 that was very compassionate and beautiful and very much counterbalances the the anger and violence that we've Thank been promoting so, so far in this half of the pod so <laughs> see we're all about balance here uh uh what else roni <laughs> roni was funny secrets revealed is a little tough i didn't like the new format they were auditioning um, I feel no. like everyone was coming for Leah's like confessional looks, but everyone else on the show looks like they work at a bank. So like, calm down, <laughs> please. Jeez Louise. Um, That's so funny. Uh, yeah, I, did, like, I, I go ahead. I did like seeing how like ho- tedious it was for them to do like hours and hours of interviews. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I liked that little kind of behind the scenes snippet. I just, I really, as I went on record last week, I liked the Beverly Hills secrets revealed because it was fun and it felt like unseen footage that I actually like was entertained by, even if it was just silly and dumb. Mm -hmm. And this like 
pop quiz choose your own adventure roni episode was just fuck i was like don't talk to me like i'm an idiot i already know that i'm an idiot watching this dumb episode don't like make me feel even more stupid than i am admitting to being and tony watched this one with me this morning and was like what what is this yeah uh but I do feel like they might have just been like, hey, new guy, do you want to take a whack at this? Get creative. Show us your take. And then they just threw it on it because it just felt so different. Um, I will say, and I texted you this, I think Sonia's face looks fucking great. I think she looks amazing. Am I wrong? No, I like it, especially in that pink look, which seems yes. to be more recent because she um, it looks like it's not you know professionally done. It's like COVID done. Um, yeah, I think she looks great and I'm happy for her and she's like such a delight. Everything she says is like, it just brings a smile to my face. So I hope she's happy (laughs) and I hope she's getting the amount of dick that she deserves. (laughs) It's true. Mike was Uh, like, she's the horniest person I've ever seen on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, should we get into today's interview? Yes. Uh, today we have a really, really funny stand-up comedian and actor and my friend, Greg Santos, and he is here to talk to us today about Netflix's Love on the Spectrum, and I hope you guys enjoy. Guys, I'm super, super pumped today because our guest is such an incredibly talented actor and a hilarious comedian. And if that's not enough, he books so much. It's like very unreal. And it's something everyone I know, including myself, has to work on, like not being jealous of, but it's fine. You can catch him on Netflix, NBC, CBS, ABC, all of the, you know, places. And most impressively, YouTube Red, um, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh he is my friend greg santos thank oh, you for joining boy. us greg thank you for having me what an illustrious intro that uh thank you uh, what do i say to that I-, I think you should have added mustache oh i <laughs> fuck you <laughs> Uh, kidding, Before I'm we kidding. started recording, Greg hopped on and heard me asking Alyssa if it would be funny for me to say, and this is also my favorite friend who has a mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's true. I don't want to like diss any of my friends out there who also have mustaches, but I think I, you're the top of the list. Thank you. I I'm wanted your intro it. to have a hint of like me being bitter, but also like a loving friend. And I think <laughs> I nailed it. I think that I think you did nail it. And that is a classic Hollywood thing to do. And I love that. <laughs> Thank you. And I just want you to know, as much as you perceive that I'm booking a lot, I'm still filled with uh, self-doubt. Oh, thank God. Yes. That makes my day. Great. Yeah. Great, great, great. I have a special place uh, in my heart also for being jealous of Greg because we talk a lot about on this podcast how much I love Buffalo Wild Wings and how much I miss it. And I used to see Greg's face on the TV screen at Buffalo fucking Wild Wings all the time because he had this insane Corona commercial that was playing all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was so exciting and Wait, wonderful like a beer? and cool. Yes, yeah. not the, uh, wow. the, uh, the virus. Okay, we really have to qualify which <laughs> Corona commercials we're talking about. I was like, how was he in a yeah. Corona commercial while you were at Buffalo Wild Wings? Okay, Are there Corona commercials, Alyssa? 
are the yes. commercials have you for not the virus? seen like the Matthew McConaughey? We are at war with yeah. the virus. Oh, there are like literal they, commercials. I, I, it's like I had a sick national for the CDC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought it was. Sorry. I didn't know you were above the CDC. <laughs> that would be cool if I booked a commercial with Dr. Fauci. That would be probably the coolest That'd thing. Actually, honestly, very informative. I would ask yeah. so oh, many I'm questions. <laughs> what a mess I'm this intro is. <laughs> Greg next to Matthew McConaughey, like in a black and white commercial <laughs> telling us to be careful. And just also in this same world, Tony and I are still at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. Um, <laughs> I believe it. Okay. Honestly, weirder things have happened than you guys really holding out for Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> it's true. It's 100% true. Uh, Greg, you're here to talk to us today about a show I asked you to watch because yes. I watched it recently with Tony after being really convinced to by another recent guest, Christine Coe and her boyfriend, Alan. Uh, we're like, Taylor, we know you love reality TV. Have you watched Love on the Spectrum on Netflix yet? And we'll get into it. But at first I was hesitant. I didn't want to because I thought that it would make me feel sad. And in fact, this show makes me feel very happy. Can you explain to Alyssa and to all the listeners out there what uh, Love on the Spectrum is? Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because I had a similar, like I had so many people hitting me up. They're like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I think maybe you first perceive that Maybe everyone's intention to watch it might not be uh, the same. So mm-hmm. when, but then it's funny. That you, I know that you do this podcast, and I know that when you reached out to me to do it, that you gave me like a very specific assignment. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I now have no choice but to watch this. And I, I texted Taylor, and I was like, I'm taking notes because I wanted to be like very studious and do a good job on this podcast. I don't know why. Um, but if I were to tell someone. I love that. What the show is, I mean, I think the overarching idea is that it's a show about people finding love at different points in their life, but it hyper focuses on people who are on the spectrum of autism. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't, it's not necessarily like, because sometimes people think like, oh, like a reality TV dating show. It's not competitive. It's not a like competition style. Right. And it's not just all people who are single who have never dated. They feature people kind of like at every realm, dating, mm-hmm. never have dated, living together on their way to marriage. So I didn't know that there was going to be that many facets of what they were covering. I what I did want to ask Taylor uh, as I was watching, I was like, did you uh, want me to cry this week? Is that <laughs> yes. what you wanted me to do? I was going to say most reality TV seems a lot less meaningful than this, not to undercut like the whole premise of our entire podcast. But, you know, this seems like a very sentimental, like important show, even even though I yeah. haven't seen it. That seems to be like the reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And then we have like Too Hot to Handle, which is also on Netflix, which is just like the literal dumbest fucking people you've ever seen seen like yes. trying to smash and, and or like basically like avoiding smashing for money which seems so easy to most people <laughs> probably they can't do it yeah <laughs> they can't avoid the smashing yeah that is very you know i think netflix should put that in the bio they can't avoid, can't the, avoid smashing. the smashing. Yeah. It's true. Well, and that's exactly the reason why. I mean, obviously, Netflix has uh, so, so many different things. Uh, but I had first seen a preview for it when my Netflix app was like, don't you want to watch Love on the Spectrum? And I read the description and I thought I pictured it as a like Love Island, like really kind of cruel 
uh, love experiment type reality show, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Greg. And I was like, this would be, this is like for even me, who I digest the trashiest of trash, most awful shit on people shows. I was like, I just don't think that I can watch this with people who like have Asperger's or autism. Uh, but then once Christine and Alan had told me that it was like very, very sweet and it was actually very feel good and it was more of a docuseries. And if anything, mm-hmm. it sort of reminded me of Netflix's dating around. Um, so tell us what. OK, so you cried this week. Did your roommate Nick think that you were being <laughs> weird? What was it like watching it in a matter of four days? <laughs> yeah, so I did. Um, I think I did two during the day yesterday and then I did one in the evening and two. I finished them all up today. And yeah, I was, Nick, I'm like in the living room with my, my little journal and uh, Stephanie, my <laughs> other roommate, she was like, are you taking notes? <laughs> Amazing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I am studious. Um, I mean, I'm, I was immediately filled with joy. Like in the first Aww. few minutes when you meet mm-hmm. Michael, who his main goal in life is to be like the world's best partner, you, yeah. you have no choice but to melt away. Uh, yeah, he is the most, it's like, what a gift to meet Michael. He is so, so sweet. And, and he, in the very first few minutes of the first episode, the interviewers will ask like for each person that they are uh, following to explain where, what, what autism is. Mm -hmm. And he describes it as like, well, this is just, I, I learn things in a different way than most people. And I very much view it as a gift because Mm. I can focus on things. I can learn things a lot faster. And I found that to be like so beautiful and enlightening and cool. And then he gets it. Everybody also defines love and he talks about his, yeah, his ultimate dream is to be a husband and that he would treat her matter of factly as if she were his million dollars. And it's like so, so sweet and pure and like, so relatable and wonderful and then you want nothing but for him to be happy <laughs> yes i do want i do want to confirm referring to the notes i did write that he said more of a gift so we're on the same place here that we remember that moment and yes. then i do also want to know he did write that although he is on an avid search to be the world's greatest partner he doesn't want gothic <laughs> <laughs> and i thought that was so great i think it is one of the things i think that you quickly realize is that obviously like everyone regardless of what who you are in this world and what you have that the pursuit of love comes with uh it comes with restrictions right it comes with like what you perceive your your prospective partner to be and i just thought it was so great that out the gate he had already like had this ideal picture of what he was seeking (laughs) yeah and so much of it has to do with what he thinks he's going to be in a relationship like I know when I've been dating and I've been single and I think about like I I I and what I want Mm -hmm. and what I want in my life and he talks so much about the role that he's going to fill and he's like I'm going to give them five things I'm going to give them security and I'm going to give them affection and he is approaching it as like you know a goal that he can also better himself to be a part of it's just that's also really nice that he knows like what he's going to like what he brings to a relationship I feel like a lot of times Mm -hmm. so many people especially when you're single it's like you don't you know you don't necessarily know that you're a catch and so and you need people to build Mm -hmm. you up and so it's cool that he's like here's what I bring to the table like this is this is you know what someone is gonna value from me because I'm also great you know I think that's awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah one thing I thought and I was like god I kept thinking I was like here here I am at some times walled up and then I see these individuals completely being vulnerable and something that can obviously leave you very hurt and then I thought, in some sort of weird world, and I wonder what your guys' perspective is from the female side, when there is 
someone who's just so so focused on being like the world's greatest partner and giving so much of himself to you does is there a, a world where that is almost sometimes a bit of a turnoff mm. yeah i think it can be i think that i think that we see first of all i definitely want to get into jody rogers who is the relationship coach yeah. throughout the whole season but i think that we see in in all of their dating experiences that everyone is encouraged to find the balance, the 50, 50 balance between talking about yourself and talking about mm-hmm. and asking about the other person, uh, which seemed like it was an important reminder for Michael. Like we get to see him go on this really fun, like speed dating experience. And he like really strikes that balance when he's there of asking like, what are your hobbies? What are you into? These are the things that I like. I really like going to Comic-Con and I really like doing these things. And I, I was reminded of how much of a balance that is that I need to remind myself of in everyday conversations. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many like to find that balance and to be considerate and empathetic and a good listener while still trying to engage and like show off who you are and to share a part of yourself. But no, I agree. It could definitely be a tough balance to strike for sure. I'm really bad at that. I will try. I will find myself trying to be supportive to somebody. And then all of a sudden we're talking about like something that happened to me. And I'm like, wait, I was using that as an example for you. Shit. Let's go back. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I was literally just thinking that I'll be on a first date and I'll be like, all right, remember you you want to extract information you want to learn more about them and then i'll be like in a moment where i'm in my head go what are you doing shut up (laughs) just stop talking (laughs) shut your mouth Uh, yeah i'm the kind of person who when they're nervous they just keep talking because i don't want there to be any like pause in the conversation because it feels like a a failure on my part um and i think when that's the case you're just like continuously like grasping for things you have in common which you know sort of defaults to sharing a lot about yourself One of my best dates with Tony, apparently, I've been told, but was very uncomfortable for me, was like our third or fourth just like formal dinner and a movie date. And there was just this dinner where he wasn't talking at all. He was like just he was listening to me, but didn't he doesn't have the most expressive listening face. I'll tell oh, you man. That. Yeah. And I was yeah. going on and on and on and talking and talking. And in my head, I was like, he hates me like there's just no he's so bored we're gonna go to this movie and then I'm never gonna see him again and we just still kept dating and months later he was like I think that that is like really one of the first times in my head that I thought I was falling in love with you like everything that you were I was like <laughs> wow everything. and I was like yeah yeah you guys yeah he and then he repeated things that I said he was like talking about like listening to the Yankees on the radio and having crab with your grandpa was so beautiful to me and I was like are you fucking kidding me bro like that's insane I was scrambling because you weren't engaging with me at all and he's like oh i thought i was just listening to you so that's another thing you have to think about is not only striking the balance in any given conversation but also to be like rewarding the person Mm -hmm. and like affirming that you're listening and responding even if it's not tony is more comfortable not saying anything than anyone i know for sure (laughs) yes and i admire it so much and it really really puts people like it it changes the power dynamic like you are on your toes the whole time you're talking to tony and then when you get a response from him it seems like it's so special because you did all that work (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) 
And describing Tony having never met him on the podcast, I am a, I'm a, I always a little bit worried that like people think he's a jerk or something, but he's not a jerk. He's just a very like specific personality type that you like you sort of like unpack different layers as you get to know him. I would I would completely agree with that. Yeah. And like two things. One thing what Taylor said earlier about that specific date moment, that's throughout the season you're watching these individuals uh you know have these moments and these dates and they both have a perception of how it went and they like they have this idea of like how to follow up and when to ask and it just remi- it reminded me of like it this is all it's always a fucking a roller coaster of emotions that you never know what the other person is thinking i find myself whenever i'm in something new as much as i'm confident in my powers in dating and in my ability to be a good partner i'll always find myself like well does she like me and did i do that correctly and did i did that go right and on the other end they could be ha- they could be thinking oh my god that was fantastic but there's this like weird i don't know like communication disconnect that you don't get to learn until deeper into the relationship do you guys mm-hmm. feel like there are like you know, uh, generally in dating, sometimes people are like, oh, you shouldn't call him too soon after or you shouldn't be the one to ask him out or you shouldn't. There's like sort of gendered norms. Mm-hmm. Um, did they deal mm-hmm. with that in the show? I don't think I ever. No, they didn't do that specifically in the show. They meet with the relationship expert and she's there more to coach them on kind of like the mechanics of dating and like driving conversation forward and like being a good listener and uh, maybe some sort of like chivalry pieces on, on both sides. But yeah, I don't think they ever went into those types of tropes. That's cool. I like that. I think it's nice and refreshing that that doesn't, you know, I do like that. Cause I, I think personally, I think we, I think we should live in a world. Where it's like, fuck all the rules. You know what I mean? Like I really hate living by that idea of like, Oh, like don't, don't text her for a whole day or like, yeah. wait till, you know what I mean? It's like, take your shot. You got to take your shot and push forward. And if not, well, you know, too bad. Yeah, it's I, I think that one of the closest things it gets to that is that the Jody does encourage to like try to look for cues to make sure that they're comfortable. And we do see early on in the season that one of Michael's first dates and his date is just kind of uncomfortable with the environment. And oh, she that's ends right. up asking to leave because she says it's like too formal. And Michael has to is like out loud talking to the producers of the show like well did I do something wrong was I coming on too strong and the producers Mm -hmm. had to explain and the woman that he went on a date with explained like this is just like this environment is too much for me and so the coach and then he talks to Jody the next day and they talk a little bit about that where you know you could do all of your work and to try to make the conversation 50 50 and be a good listener and keep it moving forward but you also have to read their body language and ask them if they're comfortable where you are um, and to like who is comfortable with touch or not. They talk a lot about Mm -hmm. touch. One of my favorite Tony and I love when Michael is first asked what the difference between a friend and a girlfriend is. He says, well, a girlfriend is more serious, more intimate, and there's none of that hands to yourself business. Wow, I love that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which is what that is. Like, that's what a girlfriend is. And I think, like, kind of what we're talking about now and what you're saying, Greg, with, like, getting rid of the games is there's something really refreshing, I think, for everybody to look at these, like, really, really basic broken down rules uh, and the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the dynamics of dating so that you're just going right back to the basics of like being considerate, being kind, being present and trying to just like connect with the other person in a genuine and polite way. And so all of the lessons that they have, whether it's with the one-on-one with Jody or they end up doing, there's a couple of members of the cast who do like a group workshop towards the end of the season are just all really basic 
human emotion mm-hmm. lessons that everyone could fucking tap into. I I was like, oh, I I need to touch base with a lot of these pillars that they're explaining. Um, and I thought that was really, really honestly, cool. I was going to say like games. that it's so cool that they're so upfront about people being comfortable in their surroundings, even like, uh, and, and asking mm-hmm. like if it's acceptable to, you know, um, be more intimate with someone and making sure they're on the same page. I, I personally like don't do well in very loud environments or even like if I walk into the room and the TV's on very loud, I'll, I'll get like pretty bad anxiety to the point where I have to turn it off to be able to keep talking. And if somebody asked me about that, I would be like, yeah, can we go somewhere more quiet? I think I would be more Mm -hmm. relaxed and like be able Mm -hmm. to get to know you better. And I think we should normalize that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things that I like uh, that I think the main thing that stood out if I was looking at it overall, plus, oh yeah, I was going to say this earlier. I forgot. It is interesting that you chose this one specifically for me because I love love. I like, I love rom-coms. I love, (laughs) I, I feel like, I don't know if it's the little Latin boy in me, but I love romance. And the, <laughs> and I would, I mean, you've known me for about two years now. And I think that you've known me during a time where I probably haven't put myself out there. So, and I feel like in the last maybe month or so, I have, I've now shifted my mindset to be like, okay, I think it's time to put myself back out there. And then I see this and I'm like, oh, yes. Oh my <laughs> God. So I wrote that down. I made it a month, uh, like a, a point to write down. And I was like, oh, I I need to reconnect with my vulnerability because I think I've shut it out for a little bit. But one of the other notes, hold on, hold on. I got to look note. Is while, while you're looking, I uh, wanted to ask, is everybody on the show, is it all heterosexual couples or do people identify no. different ways? No, that's a great question there. Yeah. There's different people that identify different ways. Um, the probably one of the primary cast members who is, uh, by is Chloe because we see Chloe go on dates with men and women and oh my god Alyssa she has she has this date with a woman named Lois Lotus and they go sunflower picking and it's going really well and you could tell that they're both really happy but they're a little nervous then at the end Lotus is like okay well it's time for me to go and I I mean I I had a great time I would like to see you again and Chloe just starts glowing and it's like, yes, I had a really good time. I wanted to see you again, but I didn't know if you even really liked me. And Lotus is like, oh, my God, I didn't know if you really liked me. And they both have this like most spectacular, joyous moment of confirming that they both had a great time and they want to see each other again. Aww. And they like get breathless and they both are blushing and then they quickly hug and like Lotus runs to her car and you see Chloe like almost moved to tears out of joy. It's so unbelievable. And the producers are like, do you feel good? And she's like, I feel so happy. And oh my God, Alyssa, that was probably the 17th moment that I burst into <laughs> tears while watching this show. Yes. I feel like an, a, a lot, I wrote down in the note, I was like, dads, Dads are like a geyser oh. ready to explode for like their children's growth. And each mm-hmm. time they would talk to the dad about how far they've come and how they want their their child to like go on this journey of love, they would always cry. And I think those those are the moments where I was oh. like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Taylor, did you find yourself when you were like seeing a date that you thought was vibing from your perspective? You were like, yes, ask for yes. Ask, ask that second date. Ask for the yes. second date. Oh my God. Yeah. There was, so I was just the, and there's, it's such a roller coaster of emotions because you do really, really cheer for the, the moments that are really positive and sweet. And then, and I will say, this is one of my biggest misconceptions when I was growing up in high school about what I thought autism was, mm-hmm. was that someone who was autistic, I was under the impression that they can't sense when things are awkward. Oh, and I, good point. and I couldn't be more wrong. Like, and I, and I've learned that 
in practice as I've gotten older and like I now have friends who are on the spectrum I have family members who are on the spectrum and so I know it's never it's never one rule first of all and it's so not true because you see in this show that there are dates that are going poorly with mm-hmm. two people who are autistic and they're looking at the camera like they're Jim from the office oh, no. because they know it's going bad. <laughs> like they they clearly sense that it's awkward and they're try and they are trying to make it better and they're doing all of the same things that you know you or I might do. It, so I loved as cringeworthy as they were. I also found those moments to be like really enlightening and refreshing because I think that it helps break down one of those misconceptions about people who might be on the spectrum. You know, can they yeah. hit the eject button? Like, or do the do they have to like continue with the date um, to the very end and then be like, "Well, it was nice to meet you." <laughs> I mean, I think they do have the power to, but there, the only one time there wasn't a eject button was when she felt uncomfortable in that I environment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, most of the time they finish it out, and I, I would agree with Taylor. They're they're incredibly self aware when the th- things are going south per se, but then mm-hmm. they're also very communicative in in expressing that emotion right then and there. I think that's something that everyone could learn about if we can just I, I think I didn't see any sort of uh, element of ghosting in this world of dating yeah it's so it's so true like who is it um, who goes on the date with pardon me I have to look at my notes oh okay mm, uh, fellow note taker. mark fellow note taker okay do you remember the date uh, when we first meet Mark and Mark goes on two dates with a woman the first is at a restaurant and the second is yes. at a museum and I love Mark. I thought he was killing it. Yeah, I know. And he really was. He really was. But then she was not into it. And at the end of their date, they they sat on a park bench and he was like, hey, so what do you want romantically in your future? Do you see yourself getting married? And she goes, I do, but I haven't met the person yet. And he just goes, oh, so you don't see yourself getting married to me? And she goes, no. And he's like, "Okay." And then they Mm -hmm. hug. And it's still so he you could tell that he's sad and he was putting on a brave face. But I admired so much the just like extreme cutting to the chase and just mm-hmm. like honesty that I wouldn't even qualify as like brutal on her part. She was just answering his questions and being honest. And then when he left, he met his dad and his dad was going home with him and he explained she's going to be a good friend. Like we're not there's a romantic interest there. And I will admit that I am a little sad, mm-hmm. but onward and upward. And oh, my God, I was just drowning. drowning I know. In tears. <laughs> But again, it's like you said, it's such another great reminder of like the basics of dating that we could all benefit from if people would just be more honest and more open with their communication sooner than later, because there's always this fear of like, you know, rejection and pain, but it's going to, it's going to eliminate all of that in the future. So why not just do it now? Yeah. What did you think of Ruth and Thomas? Oh my God. I remember writing Thomas and Ruth in steady love. I thought Thomas was hilarious. I was like, this is a, he is a funny guy. He was like, you know, like throwing out bits. What was he? Oh, the bit he did where he was like, oh, didn't you get the script? There's a script for this. I was like, oh, that's a, that's a fucking hilarious joke. Am I allowed to say, am I allowed to say fucking on here? Yeah, you can say fucking. Got it. And yeah, I I love them very much. You can tell that they were just like so in love with each other and they're going to spend the rest of their lives together. I loved so much that he described, they asked each of them why they loved the other one and I, if you don't want a guy to say this about you, then I don't know what the fuck. Because he goes, <laughs> she is funny, mm-hmm. fun to be with, smart, a killer body. Oh, my God. And so, puts up with me. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, guess what I, I wrote. That's it. <laughs> what you write? I wrote, Thomas slash Ruth, colon, seems horny, and I like it. Because <laughs> they're... 
their affection for each other was palpable. And he, right at the gate, like you said, he was like, I love everything about her and her slamming body. <laughs> Which, you know, you know, we're not, we don't, we don't only just love a partner's bodies, but the fact that he was so into his partner is what was so beautiful about it. It is. And I love that their answers, like, I, I felt like there was, like you said, there's this, like, sweet, open vulnerability. So even in just their interviews with the producers, their answers are just so honest and to the point and to not feel any sort of, like, I don't know, bashfulness or trying to play it cool or you mm-hmm. want to seem like a man's man. You're not that into her. And he's just, like, so shamelessly in love with her. And they talk about, they're, like, they, they talk about their differences and similarities in both both being autistic, but she explains that she thinks she's like a little bit farther on the spectrum than he is. And he's like, but this helps us like really understand each other. And Ruth, this is crazy, Alyssa. Ruth, to prevent like getting overwhelmed with sensory overload, typically on any given day, carries a snake oh named my God. Cleopatra. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A baby snake. What? A little, a little tiny baby snake. It's Are on her hand. It was on her. the snake. What color is it? How big is it? Hmm. I'm gonna guesstimate nine to twelve inches at mm-hmm. most, and maybe circumference one inch. It's a tiny, skinny snake. Mm-hmm. And and she has it going in between her fingers, or this was a lot for me, like on her face and around her glasses. And this is oh, to- that's right prevent her from like she likes the feeling of the snake yeah she said it keeps her calm yeah it like keeps her calm and like grounded because she is like really 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 sensitive to touch and sounds and so she was like this really helps me with sensory overload maybe like she focuses on that one thing like and she loves it's like having a pet that you love like Mm -hmm. on you all the time what color is the snake is it brown i don't know i think i would give it a traditional dark color snake skin i don't know some snakes are yellow how do you classify snakes can be all different colors brown brown black it's a good point Alyssa. and the snake is like just a regular snake or it's like a snake that is trained specifically for this oh great question that is a great question and i'm pretty sure it's a uneducated can we just give her and the snake (laughs) a show and we follow them just generally and i see Mm -hmm. their day According to we Deadline, could. the snake has a spinoff. Wow. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the snake got an overall deal. Yeah, pretty sick. Uh, okay, now I hate the snake. <laughs> <laughs> now we're jealous of the snake. The snake Back keeps booking. <laughs> I did write down that, I can't remember who said it, which partner, but they said uh, the other is spicy chicken tikka masala and one's mango chicken. Yeah, that was, was like, it. That was like how he described it. He was like, we're different, but we're the same. And I, I think that we're both like a curry. But yes. but we're both this specific type of curry. And they have these wonderful dates. And they talk about their relationship, like having ups and downs. And like that. And they're like, why would we stick together if we didn't love each other? It's not mm-hmm. like they they really tried to convey like, listen, it's not that we are together because we're each other's only fucking options. That would be miserable. We're together because we really love each other and we love being together. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, um, they all I think I would say 85 percent of the dates, the men would bring flowers on date one oh, that's in nice. this in this day and age. Would how would you feel if on date one a guy brought a bouquet of flowers? I've gotten mad at Mike before for not giving me enough flowers, and then he turned it right around on me and said, "You've never given me any flowers." And so when he, when he got his wow. first episode of television as an assistant that he got to write, I bought mm-hmm. him a huge bouquet of flowers and I pressed them and framed them, and they're over our bed so he could Whoa. shut the fuck up for forever. <laughs> wow. How about that? <laughs> Take that, Michael. 
Was that his name? I forgot. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, but yeah, I love flowers so much. I think they are great, and I don't think they're like I love roses. I know some people think that that's like tacky or whatever. But... Oh, I love roses. Yeah. Oh, I love I love them, but I have to say I would I do wonder if a little part of me because I'm a just judgmental asshole and like seeking things to judge would be a little like oh that's weird for a first a first date with a stranger like a first yeah. like tinder date or something i don't know it really depends honestly yeah i mean if i if i saw him listen if i i really don't like guys who wear bracelets so if the guy showed up wearing a lot of bracelets and also had flowers then i might lean towards like this is a little much what if it was like showed up a flower yeah one flower oh that's worse that's worse than a bouquet I would like a, I would like a like a minimalist bouquet. Oh my god, Ooh. this is so much, Taylor. But this, but <laughs> Why this is, is one flower worse? You want no flowers or a full bouquet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no yeah. bracelets. That's one of your three I don't know. things. What am I gonna do with literally one flower? It's less like, aggressive. Thanks. It's more like, oh, I like got this on the way here, rather than like I don't know. I feel like when you have a bouquet, I picture them like shaking, like with nerves holding the bouquet and the bouquet is just like rattling sort of thing. But one flower is a little <laughs> bit more like smooth. Like, oh yeah, I could take it out of my, I don't know, suit jacket pocket and be like, here, I got this for you. I don't know. <laughs> mm, yeah, I suppose. Oh wait, wasn't I? Oh, and I, oh, another thing I wrote that I, I enjoyed obviously personally is that I think it was, was it Maddie? I don't know who, I don't know who said it, but one of the guys, maybe it was Mark. He said, girls like humor. And I was like, yeah, they do, buddy. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> yes, they do. Sometimes Girls they don't. Like humor. <laughs> uh oh, Alyssa doesn't like humor. <laughs> it better be real good. That's all I got to say about that. Well, of that. course, yes, yes. It needs to be. It needs to be good humor. You can't. Like if you show up with bracelets and a full bouquet and you're cracking jokes that are terrible, I don't yeah. know if it's gonna work out for you. But maybe that's somebody's thing, just not my thing. Right. Correct. So whenever they introduce somebody to the cast, Alyssa, they will be like, "This is Greg." And here are three things that he likes and three things that he doesn't like. So an example might be like uh, they, they like coffee and horses and swimming pools, but they don't like like the smell of gasoline and scratching on chalkboard or people arguing. And it was just like always these three really concise examples that were really telling of like what that person was like. And so I want you guys to describe three things, just three short things that you like and three short things that you don't like. Don't yeah. Know. When you, okay. you, she, she forewarned me of said question and I was like, oh, this is actually more difficult than I had anticipated because I, you don't wow, want to just think I of got something. fucking screwed. Nobody told yeah. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got a 10 minute um, okay. forewarning. Okay. But yeah, I feel like... Your brain kind of immediately goes some some things that probably everybody loves and everybody hates. And I was like, what is it? So what is unique to me? One of the things that first popped up for me, which I think Taylor uh, hopefully agrees with, is I I love clothing and fashion, and obviously not just <laughs> yeah. for myself, but I do seek it out in a partner. Like I and I don't know if this is healthy or not, but if 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 the partner doesn't dress cool, I cannot date them. Can't do it. <laughs> and I don't know how healthy that is, but that is a fact. Uh, the other thing I wrote down is I. I, I, and again, this is also pretty cliche, but I, f- I fucking love to travel. I absolutely love to travel, and it's mm-hmm. something that I wish I could do more of and hope to do more, obviously, after um, my COVID commercial stops airing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I, I try to think of what else. Uh, I love. I do love the ocean. I feel like every time I go to the ocean, I'm like, oh, this is where I belong. And I don't know if it's because mm-hmm. I'm Cuban and our people are Caribbean, and my dad has always loved the ocean, but those were the first three kind of like, 
that I could think that were specific. Oh my gosh, Greg, I have to tell you that I went paddle boarding with my friend as like a safe quarantine distance activity like a couple days ago. And it was the fucking best. And I don't know why paddle boarding hasn't blown up like roller skating has. Like, it oh, was yeah. so therapeutic. We saw sea lions. We got some sun. We got a little workout. We chatted on the water. It was amazing. And I highly recommend everyone go paddle boarding in a safe, like, calm water if you can. Yes. Yeah. You know what? It's because pr- it's not Instagrammable. We got to figure out how to get waterproof cases <laughs> yeah. and Instagram paddle boarding. Um, the three things I dislike, I think it was much easier to pinpoint more things that like Greg dislikes. Number one, flip-flops. Yuck. <laughs> do not like them. I'll never own them. I'll never wear them. Kind of judge you if you do. I love a slide. I love a Birkenstock. Hey, I love a Croc, but you flip-flops? Yuck. Uh, number two, I earn. Oh, I fuck. I hate heights. I just, I cannot. I've never been on a roller coaster. Um, yeah, you put me on like a, a tall building and I, I look over the balcony and it's like I f- immediately feel queasy. And, I'm, and then I also get that feeling of you wanting to jump. Do you guys get that when you're at, when you're in a high place? Mm. Of wanting to jump? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Is like wonder like what happens if you. Yeah, I've, I don't want to jump, but I've thought about like, what if I just did by mistake right? or something? Yeah. What is yeah. with the human brain that does that? Yeah, I don't know. It's not good. Um, yeah. And then my third thing, and I, it, I have always had this even since as a kid, I've always hated like take my wife humor like take my partner humor i am not a fan of it i think it's so annoying it's so hacky i hate to be around people like they like they like nag their partner in front of a group people i'm like yuck don't do that (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's my impression of ryan o'flanagan yuck (laughs) yuck that's a great list i think that's a really good list i think it's also super helpful like maybe we should all start dates with even that like these are three things i like and three things i don't like some girls like i love take my wife humor this will never work out (laughs) a girl wearing flip-flops call me your piece of shit (laughs) uh my three things are super basic but i'm gonna start with the obvious i talk about a lot on the podcast i like birds (laughs) Wow. I like birds. I like candles that smell like baked goods. And Ooh. I like reality TV. I dislike bikes, bikers, bikers in the city, bikers on the street. <laughs> Just I hate I I get like the most insane rage that you guys do not even like know is in me when someone is just like safely and legally and lawfully biking on the road. I like can't handle it. Uh, I hate worms. And mm. I hate men who wear bracelets, which, wow, is the second time that that's come up. Wow. <laughs> I hate so much stuff. I'm trying to figure out what I really can <laughs> narrow it down to. Um, I love I love coffee. Uh, and I love, like, breakfast. I think that coffee can be looped into breakfast. Um, I mm-hmm. love... And aren't you allergic to coffee? Oh, I don't know. It makes me congested, but I'm never going to stop drinking it. (laughs) Uh, What do I love? I love Disneyland. It gives me so much, like, pleasure to just, like, learn every single thing about Disneyland. I literally just watched uh, Tokyo Disney, like, opened a Beauty and the Beast ride, and I watched the ride through, even though all the songs and all the dialogue is in Japanese. I got a real kick out of it. You know what's really cool is Lumiere having a French accent in Japanese. That's pretty cool. Um, and then I love Xanax. That's the third thing I love. Oh, cool. No, I don't know. Who knows? I, I, uh, there's plenty of things. Barbecue chips we've talked about on the pod before. What else? Um, anything else? I love housewives. And you have to do the things that you hate. 
Yeah, three things you hate. Um, uh, <laughs> there's too much. I hate. <laughs> I hate loud action movie scores. I fucking mm. hate a Marvel Marvel movie. I hate it. It's the most stressful. <laughs> like I literally will walk into a room and get immediately pissed off if my boyfriend doesn't mute the TV <laughs> if he's watching <laughs> some kind of like crazy superhero movie. It's so stressful to me. Um, I don't enjoy people not wearing their masks like really fucking drives me nuts. And I'm like, I've mm-hmm. done it. I've, I've, I've had it. I've screamed at somebody like in a restaurant before, like trying to pick up food without a mask. I really cannot stand that. Um, what's the other thing I don't like? Raves. I really don't like raves. I don't know. <laughs> I fully like fought oh, man, a boyfriend at a rave. rave one time because he lied to me and said it wasn't a rave and brought me anyway. So yeah, I hate raves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, no loud, no loud raves or Fast and the Furious movies in the dome with Alyssa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fast and Mike the Furious is like okay, but like the fucking specific like superhero shit i don't like those soundtracks they're very stressful well the fast and the furious usually comes with some sort of really great original hit yeah you know like they and like and i don't know if you know but vin diesel just came out with his own you know what song. it is sort of like a phil collins what? rave and i'm actually into it <laughs> <laughs> have you not heard the vin diesel song greg oh my god i have not but it's guess kind what? of like as as um, francis and the lights meets like I love Francis and the Lights. Like David Guetta, but it's Vin Diesel. I'm not sure. It's very it's a trip. I I do think everyone should go to a Vin Diesel rave actually. Okay. So is it's it a bop? It's important. It's a bop and you Ooh. need to watch him play it for a bunch an audience of like gigantic iPads on the Ellen show, I believe, and it's just all these people at home kind of like how the NBA audience is right now where you just mm-hmm. see like their shoulders in their head and they're all just like kind of gently bopping around to this song and the camera's just showing all these iPads. It's the craziest thing i'll post it on the instagram and i'll send it to you greg it's really important oh i also don't like synespia and watching movies outside i really hate that (laughs) shit i'm like why are we here when we could easily be on a couch inside with no bugs and no people around us like come on Mm -hmm. yeah that was one of my favorite dates ever with tony was seeing uh, casablanca at synespia yeah the idea of it is like fun when you first start dating someone but then just as like a general (laughs) activity to actually do it's not fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I did bring my best friend Georgie to see Goodfellas for the first time there, and she didn't see jack shit. Yeah. Like, she couldn't hear it or see yeah. it, so I was like, oh, this is not a good time to see one of the best movies ever made, I guess. Uh, Greg, do you yes. have anything coming up that you can plug, and can you tell the listeners where to find you on the World Wide Web? Yeah, I have absolutely nothing to plug, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have... All I care about is Instagram. I just deleted Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Greg M. Santos. I am on Twitter at Gregory Santos. I despise it. I don't use it. And uh, that is it for me on the social meds. I really appreciate you doing this. I realized that when I just like accosted you for not having heard the Vin Diesel song in my mm-hmm. head, I was like, what have you been doing this week? And then I realized that you were watching this show for yeah. me to come on this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I may have nothing to do all day long, but I did have an assignment to watch five yeah. episodes <laughs> of one of the most fulfilling shows I've ever seen in my life. Wow. So yeah. thank you. 
It really is. I really recommend uh, watching it. Watch it with Mike, Alyssa. Tony watched it all with me and like really cried through most of it. And it's just really, it's really positive. It's so heartfelt and it sparks wonderful conversations like these. So everybody go watch Love on the Spectrum uh, on Netflix. And thanks, Greg. Thank you for having me. 